Bags down, spikes on. Welcome to the track. My name's Colin Waitsman. I'm going to be your host for this podcast, an episode of Track World News. And we have a lot of things that have happened since last week, so we're going to have to get into it quickly. First, we're going to talk about the Coleman suspension, what this means for the 2021 Olympics and his career as an athlete as a whole. Next, we're going to get into the Male Athlete of the Year. The World Athletics just announced their 10 nominees for this position or for this award, and we're going to talk about the 10 nominees, who we think could win it, who's going to move on to the top five. And then we're going to finish off our discussion about uh, the NFL track and field and, and some people that have had some, some hesitation, some conflict with athletes that run other sports and track and field and how it really annoys me. So we're going to get into that. First, let's talk about the Coleman suspension. So for those that don't know, uh, Christian Coleman, who is the fastest man in the world today, uh, he ran a 9.76 in the 100. He has recently been suspended for two years because he missed a third drug test in a row on December 9th. Um, We discussed this, I believe, in the first episode uh, where we talked about potential athletes that could take over Usain Bolt's reign or crown as the next face of track and field. If you're interested in that discussion, go check that out. But this is awful. Uh, This is what I was fearing most for him, that he would be serving a ban. And the fact that it's two years is huge. That means that he won't be able to compete until May 13th of 2022. (laughs) That seems like it is a lifetime away And there are a lot of meets that are going to be happening in between now and then. Uh, So he's going to be missing this. uh, For any, for any, if it means anything, the AIU, which is the the team or the group of people that are responsible for drug testing the athletes, uh, they mentioned that despite the suspension, quote, there is no suggestion that the athlete has ever taken any prohibited substance. So what does that mean? Why would he be suspended for two years if there is no, um, there's no suggestion that he ever took any prohibited substances? Well, according to uh, the World Track and Field Association, if you're an athlete that competes on the international stage, you have to be available 365 days a year in order to be drug tested. So you have to provide uh, an hour time frame uh, as it goes that you can be drug tested so they know your locations, they know your whereabouts, and if they decide, hey, we're coming to your house to drug test you for whatever reason, you have to be able to be there in order for them to provide that. And there was a conflict where they, the person that was drug testing said that they were at his house, but originally Christian Coleman mentioned that they weren't even at his, his house or somewhere else, and so the, it was just a big misunderstanding, and that's the reason why they, they didn't know where he was, and and then there were texts or emails that came out that show, hey, maybe that's not exactly true. So it's it's all over the place with, with what happens. And it, it's just, it stinks that, hey, they even say there was no suggestion that you took sub- substances, but you're still going to have to get suspended because you're a knucklehead and you weren't paying attention to the rules. Uh, so whether he was taking illegal substances or not, 
he's going to be missing one of the biggest years in track and field history with the fact that it's the first Olympics without Usain Bolt and he was the he was the favorite. Now that opens the floor wide up for a whole bunch of different athletes. Uh, if I had to put my money down, I'd say Noah Lyles is now the favorite. He's having a a great season right now, and I see it transitioning into the 2021 year of him having a terrific year that that year as well. And so it's terrible that he's going to be suspended for this long. I think they have some time to appeal, or the appeal process just ended. So he's going to be out. He's probably going to be out for a while. He's probably going to have to fulfill that entire suspension. And it stinks for the sport that the biggest, one of the biggest names and one of the potential biggest names for a long time coming, and he's just 24, is going to be out during the biggest meet of the year, uh, biggest biggest track meet of all time, the Olympics, really. So that's awful. And a lot of people point to a decision that was just made that's very, very similar. So for those that don't know, uh, Salwa at Ed Nasir, she's a 400-meter world champion, uh, had a very, very similar case that just happened to her. So she um, missed a third uh, drug testing in a row as well over the course of 12 months, uh, but she was not suspended. Uh, and so people were like, why, why, why was Coleman then suspended if uh, Salwa wasn't? It was a very similar case, and hers came out before Coleman's did. So people saw it and was like, oh, okay, uh, this means that Coleman will probably be, you know, not suspended uh, because it's a very similar case. Uh, the one key difference that happened with theirs is the person that was drug testing her, they went to the wrong place. So they went and knocked on the door of a storage unit rather than her actual front door, apparently. And he recognized that it was an issue, or she. And uh, and so they said that was uh, in the blurred lines of, of things, and it was enough to say, hey, uh, you're, you're able to continue. Um, and so she's not, she was not actually suspended. Um, and so it's, it's wild to see what's going to be happening throughout the rest of the year. It'll be interesting to see... Uh, if he tries to appeal, if they're if he's just gonna say, you know what, I messed up, we're gonna take it and then prepare for 2022 season, or what else is gonna happen? Because it's uh, it's a huge name going down in track and field, and it's a real shame that he's not gonna be able to compete. But I mean, you have to follow the rules. The rules say you have to be in this time in this area at a specific time, and if you're not there, I mean, what else can we do? So it's awful, but rules is rules. So there's that. Next, uh, want to get into the World Athletics Male Athlete of the Year. So at the end of every season, the World Athletics will have an award, award competition awarding the best male and female athlete of the year. Uh, today, uh, they, or yesterday, uh, depending on when you listen to this, it was the beginning of November, um, they released their top 10 names. Um, for the nominees. And so what will happen is these 10 names are eventually going to be whittled down to the top five after the council votes on them, which will then be announced as here are the top five potential winners of the award. And uh, then the original, the winner will be announced at their big award show. Usually it's done in person. Obviously this year's most likely not going to be done in person, but the winner will be announced December 5th. So uh, approximately two months, 
one month, so approximately one month from today is when the winner will be announced. Uh, so here are the 10 names that we have as the original nominees. So we have Donovan Brazier, Ryan Krauser, uh, Noah Lyles, Timothy Chariot, Jacob Kipla, Kip Limo, Kip, Lim, Kip Limo, I'm sorry if I butchered that, Mondo Duplantis, Daniel Stahl, Giannis Vetter, Joshua Kipchoge, and Karsten Warholm. And so let's just do a little breakdown of, of what each athlete has done, and then I'll go into my thoughts. So uh, first, let's start with uh, Mondo Duplantis. So Mondo has had an insane year. He's broke the world record for the pole vault. Uh, he broke it twice. Um, he has the world best for both indoors and outdoors. The thing with in with track and field is there's only one record, so there's only one pole vault world record, but he would have technically broken the indoor and outdoor world record. But since there's only one, he just broke the overall world record and also has the outdoor best. So he broke that. He jumped 618, uh, which is 20 feet 3 inches approximately. I believe he also went undefeated this year, or if he didn't, he only had uh, one or two losses. He also competed uh, a lot this year. I think he had over 20 competitions um, from indoor to outdoor. Um, so he had a ton of competitions and he did extremely well. Um, so he, he's one name. Uh, next, Kipchoge. Um, or Kipchoge, yeah, he broke the 5,000, the 5K, and the 10K world record. These are two world records that a lot of people thought were never going to be broken, uh, especially the 5K. Uh, the 5K world record was something that a lot of people thought were going to stand for a long period of time. It was actually going to be in my last week's episode of Most Unbreakable World Records uh, until he broke it. So, there's that. Uh, we're not going to, we can't have that one. So he, he's having a, a really insane year, especially with the, the wildness that's going on. Uh, Warholm, he was undefeated over nine races in both the 400 and 400 meter hurdles this year. He had the world lead and the second fastest time in the 400 meter hurdles. He's an emerging talent, um, I believe out of Norway, who has a real potential to be really dangerous in in the the short the long sprints uh and and hurdles and the fact that he's doing this both in the hurdles and the 400 we haven't seen that in a while so um will we have the first person to win an olympic gold i believe it's the first person ever go check fact check me on that in the 400 and 400 meter hurdles we'll have to see but dude's being a monster right now uh, next, Donovan Brazier. He's the world lead in the 800 meter hurdle. The 800, not 800 meter hurdles. The 800, both indoor and outdoor. He's having a great year. Um, he's he's probably closer towards the bottom of the list. He's he's doing great, but everyone here obviously is doing great. That's why he got nominated. Um, Vetter. He won eight of nine competitions in the javelin. He also threw the second farthest jav ever. And if that name sounds familiar, it's because I mentioned him last week as well as the biggest competition to take the javelin world record uh, that's one that has stand for a while and it had the biggest the biggest margin of difference between current competition and the world record or the rest of the competition and the world record with over four percent um obviously he has now shrunk it to within a meter now and so he has a real potential to breaking that world record and he had a great year uh winning eight of nine competitions not undefeated but still a great season nonetheless so he's doing really well uh, next, we have Stahl, who won 17 out of 19 competitions in the discus through over 77 meters. Uh, guy had a great year. Um, um, I, I think he's one of the, those names that, that can really, 
really do well. I'm looking forward to seeing what he does in the Olympics this year. Um, dude's really been breaking out the past past few seasons. Um, after that, we have Noah Lyles, who went undefeated this year. He won five races, um, set the world lead in the 200 meters. Uh, he's probably, as uh, one of the names I had mentioned earlier, he's one of the biggest names in track and field right now. He's doing great. Um, thing that's going up against him a little bit, he only competed five five times uh, obviously when you're when you're sprinting it's a little different and obviously this year's completely different with the amount of times that you can compete um because of just COVID-19 and, and all that type of stuff but he, he had a great year ran I think what was it 1976 I think uh world lead doing great so uh he's my favorite for the 100 and 200 meters uh in the Olympics this year or next year so we'll have to see about that uh Chariot set the world lead in the 1500 meters uh that he had a, he's having a great year um obviously all of them are the one detractor i have for him is uh it's 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 one it's, it's just the world lead i mean everyone here has a world lead so it's like i don't know just for me i wouldn't he's great he's doing great I, I, I don't know if I have to if I can move him on. Uh, next we have uh, Kimplo, uh, who won the world half marathon title, and he also set the championship record. Um, killer on the distance. Um, unfortunately, I don't know a ton about him. I, I need to learn a little more about him. But um, yeah, I mean, won the world half marathon title. That's great. And he also did really well in the three thousand. He had the. I think he had the fastest time since two thousand seven. So he's versatile in in what he can run. Uh, Krauser undefeated in shot put this year. Uh, he had over 10 competitions. He also threw the world lead. Um, he, he's also a name that, that, that I'd keep an eye out for, um, with, with the Olympic champions. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say, I think he has a chance to, to break the world record pretty soon. Uh, he, he's been throwing really well. Um, so those are the, the 10 names that have been nominated for the world, the world athletics athlete of the year. Uh, and so my predictions, who do I think can move on to the next round of five? So, uh, for the next round of five, I think it would have to be Mondo Duplantis and, uh, Chip Tigi. Those are two easy ones that are moving on. Like it's, to me, not even close. I, I think those are those are clear favorites um, for who will be the actual winner. Um, you can debate which one. Uh, next, I have Warholm. I think he's doing really great over the 400 and 400 meter hurdles. The fact that he's doing it over multiple events is great. Uh, Krauser, like I mentioned before, I mean he, he's doing really really well in shot put. I think he's also going to be a good name to have if they're like, hey, we want to have somebody from the throws kind of represent the throws. I wouldn't be surprised if that's going to be the guy. I think he had the best year. Uh, you could say Vetter. Um, personally, I'm going with Krauser, but I mean, you could say Vetter as well. That wouldn't be bad. He had second farthest throw of all time. And then I would say for the last one, uh, got to go with the hometown favorite, Noah Lyles. Uh, I think the fact that he's one of the fastest men that's able to run now, since <laughs> Christian Goldman can't, is going to be huge. Also, the fact that he comes from the United States, there's that bias, the Western bias. I think that that's going to push him over the edge to be able to be that next name. And so I think that's going to be the, the top five uh, of the people that will be moving on to the final round of voting. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when the final round of voting comes out. I think it's later on this month. Obviously it has to be, might be in the next week or two. Uh, but we'll stay on that and talk about 
who do who do I think they got right? Who do I think they got wrong when that's released? So um, we'll we'll definitely keep an eye out for that. Next, uh, this is this is a topic that has annoyed me since I started watching track and field. Uh, since I've ever competed in the sport, this is the most frustrating aspect of our sport, and it are the track and field purists that think that we're so much better than everyone else and that no matter whatever anyone else does in any other sport, it's trash. Don't even think about it. We're the best. If you play another sport, you think you're fast, you're dumb because you're not actually fast, and blah, 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 and it's just spewing, spewing hate. And then we wonder why people don't like to watch our sport. Hmm. Well, you just yelled at these people for five to ten minutes. I wonder why they don't want to watch our sport. Why do I say this? So recently, even in the last episode, I mentioned how DK Metcalf had a fantastic chase down run. Especially for a guy that's 265, 6'4", wearing all football pads. He chased down a guy that was over five yards ahead of him, chased him down, and tackled him in football gear. While he was essentially at a standstill, he wasn't completely, he was moving a bit. He was essentially at a standstill, and the other guy had a head start and was already running. So, and he caught down, he was, got, he was clocked in at running over 22.64 miles an hour at one point. To put that into perspective, that would be the second fastest, or the second fastest mile per hour over anyone that ran the 100 this year. Now, obviously, that, is, uh, that was just at one exact moment. That wasn't over the course of his entire chase down. But it's still extremely impressive that you can even get up to that speed. And I was so annoyed because I'm looking around the track and field world, and I'm seeing people that are calling out what he did as it's not that impressive, not that fast, and big names too. I don't want to say who they are, but there's some big names in our sport that we're talking about and diminishing what he was doing. Was was DK's run the fastest run ever? Was it faster than Usain Bolt? No, no one's saying it is, but it was impressive and it was really good. The issue that I have is that people are trying to celebrate this and compare it to track and field. And one thing that we have to understand as track and field fans is that many people in other sports do not know what numbers mean in track and field context. So the fact that somebody runs a 9, let's say somebody runs a 10-1, and then they see, oh, Usain Bolt ran what, a 9-5? That's pretty close. That's a half second. That's like that. That's, that's pretty close. Wow, this person's almost as good as Usain Bolt. While we in the track world know that that's not the case, these people don't know what the numbers are and don't realize that half seconds the difference in like four or five meters and the race is not even remotely close. And that's the difference between a really, really, really good college athlete and a world-class athlete. People don't understand these things. And when we just immediately get mad at these people that don't understand what track and field times mean, it's super frustrating. Because how about we celebrate the fact that this dude is interested in our sport? Uh, one thing that I loved was that U.S. Track and Field on Twitter said, hey, if DK Metcalf is interested, we have, we'll have a spot on a relay team relay team for the Olympic trials if he wants to come out to the, to the trials and try, it, try out. 
I'm, I love that type of stuff because the NFL doesn't need track and field, but track and field could really, really use the NFL. Uh, wh- what do I mean by that? The NFL will live on without running. It doesn't need it. The NFL doesn't need running. But track and field could really, really see a boost in numbers if the NFL decided, hey, we're, we would love to, to partner up and help you guys out. Now, I'm going to go into depth about what that would look like in a future episode, so I don't want to spoil everything now, but I do believe that the fact that we are we're going at DK or uh, other really fast people in track and field or in, in football, like, uh, who was it, uh, Hill uh, for, the, for the Kansas City Chiefs, because he mentioned that he his goal is to compete at the Olympic trials and hopefully um, make it to the Olympics in 2021. The, we should be celebrating that somebody is interested in our sport that is a football player at a really, really high level because that's going to bring more eyeballs to our sport that we don't have. And there's one thing that track and field needs. It is more eyeballs. So I think that people in our community should be celebrating these more than we are yelling at and demeaning people that don't understand what our numbers are. Is it annoying when I see that people are comparing football players that run probably like a 10-3 to Usain Bolt? Yeah, it annoys me. But I'd rather be annoyed a little bit and have more people watching our sport than be sitting on my pedestal how track and field is the hardest thing ever and anyone that thinks it's not is dumb and having no one watch it because that's not what I want for my sport. I want my sport to grow and I want more people to see it. And so if that means that letting letting people create these times and things that I, I'm just like, no, that's just not true, and then explaining how what you're saying may not be correct – I think is a lot more valuable and will push our sport forward a lot more than just saying, nope, you're dumb. This is not true. So that that's what I got to say. And, and, and one other thing, there was another guy who had mentioned that he's a, he's coached football players and the football in speed and the football players would be like, yeah, uh, I run a four, two, four, three, whatever it is. Can you, you're a track and field coach. Can you teach me how to be faster? Can you show me how to improve my technique and be faster? And this guy's like, yeah, sure. And then goes through these workouts, doing all these types of things. And then at the end, there's a video of this. You can probably find it on, on Twitter. I think FlowTrack uh, tweeted it out. Um, and he's like, yeah, after we do all these workouts, it's like I find out that this football player didn't actually run the time that he said he ran. And he's and he's like, they're just degrading our sport. I can't believe he would lie about that. And I'm sitting there dumbfounded because we're going to act like that doesn't happen in track and field all the time. Are you kidding me? The amount of times I've been told by people on my own team while I'm at the starting lines, when I look up times, even on the internet... The amount of people that lie about their times in track and field, if I had a penny for every time someone lied about how fast they ran to me, I would be a millionaire. It happens all the time. 
So let's not act like it's just these NFL players that are trying to get faster that are lying to you. Or were, or maybe, maybe the fact is that they had one bad day and that just so happened to be the day that you were coaching them. Maybe that's what happened. Uh, it's just so annoying to me because it's not like it's an issue that is closeted to track and field athletes that are originally from basketball or football. It is an overall thing and an overall problem in not only our sport, but everyone's sport. Everyone lies about how, oh yeah, no, I'm a baseball player and I hit 300 when you look up and they actually bat 250. Or, yeah, I shoot uh, 80% from the free throw line when they really shoot 60. Like, people do this everywhere. And so to act like this is a closeted issue for those that are football players but actually are trying to run track is just nonsense and it's annoying and you're turning more people off to the sport when you get on your high horse about it so can we just celebrate the facts that people are interested in our sport and not turn them away because that's because if, if we stay on our high horse sure you won the battle and you're right but you lost the war because no one wants to watch us so like let's pick and choose where we're going because it's so annoying that we're we're staying yeah we're winning all these battles on twitter but nobody's watching our sport so please just just pick the battles to win and that's where we're going to end today's episode uh sorry went on a little rant there um but yeah it's that's that's the news for today if you like the episode make sure you share it with a friend and tell your friend to share it with a friend subscribe follow do all that good stuff if you're looking for extra content or you would like to see the visuals of this episode uh because today i have shaven my beard uh, for no shave november and definitely look like a child if you'd like to see that you can tune into our youtube channel um, which is Track World News, or you can look up our Instagram account where we'll be posting other news and other clips of the show, which is Track World News as well. Thanks a lot for listening. This has been fantastic. Uh, looking forward to chatting with you guys next Tuesday where we'll, we will just be discussing NFL relationship with track and field as well as I'm sure there'll be a plenty of other things. So thank you, everyone. Have a good one and peace. We'll be